This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate. You know who I'm joined by. It's Robert Stewart at drstu32. Dr. Stu. We got Dr. Stu in the house. Producer Christian not with us today. He is at the World Baseball Classic. So we've got boots on the ground. He's getting intel on Mexico, who just completely dominated the U.S. last night. Um, but Arkansas, they got the series sweep over Louisiana Tech, which was – I'm going to – you know, Louisiana Tech was a good baseball team. So I'm going to straight up say, like, and I, I, I predicted in my preseason prediction for Louisiana Tech to get a, a win over Arkansas. So I think right now this Arkansas team is uh, – outperforming the expectations I had for them to this point in the season, which is great, especially given the fact that you have had three of your top pitchers go down with injuries. We're going to get into Will McIntyre's complete game. That was incredible. Uh, Arkansas, just a great weekend all around. Real quick, though, we need to uh, address a couple of programming issues. First of all, the reason that this is not coming out first thing Monday morning, long story short, NCAA tournament selection show. I'm now the big boss over at hogbeat.com. So naturally I have to prioritize things that are going to be better for business and no offense to, to you, Robert or the Arkansas baseball team, but (laughs) Arkansas, the selection show, uh, it's, it drove a lot more clicks than this podcast would have. So, um, yes, it's unfortunate that that's the case, but you know, this podcast is only going to be coming out like two or three hours later than you would have been listening to it if you listen first thing in the morning. So apologies for that. Apologies that we're not live from Baumwalker Stadium. We enjoy doing the show in stadiums, specifically Baumwalker. That's always fun. Uh, so get that out of the way. Programming thing number two, if you like to watch on the YouTube, you're going to have to go to hogbeat.com for that now. Uh Another long story short, analytics, it hurts our analytics. Not a whole lot of people like to watch the long version of YouTube, and that's understandable. I don't watch my podcast on YouTube either. I listen on Spotify. So uh, if you prefer the YouTube version, it'll still be available. Uh, The link will be at hogbeat.com. I'll even post the link on my uh, social media as well, on my Twitter. So uh, if you want to do that, it's not going to be that much harder to find. It's just not going to be you're scrolling on your YouTube and there's the podcast. So Programming errors out of or not errors, programming you know, uh, issues or whatever out of the way. Good weekend for Arkansas, Robert. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to to ever complain about a sweep, and uh, you know it was interesting. Dave Van Horn yesterday uh, after after securing that third win was like, yeah, well, you know, it was it was great. We didn't make a whole lot of mistakes until today. He was talking about Sunday being a sloppy game. I'm like, well, dude, I mean. You scored 15 runs and and won your eighth straight game. Like, I don't know how you have really anything to complain about there. But yeah, like you said, great weekend. I mean, seven four win Friday to 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 kick things off. That was really the the one game I had doubts about because it was their you know they were throwing their ace and he had by far the best numbers of of any of their pitchers. And then like you said, complete game. Will McIntyre on Saturday. How about a how about a two hour and seven minute game on Saturday? That's then, that's uh, always fun. I I mean like we're we're baseball guys through and through, but I'm not gonna complain about a two hour and seven minute game at all. Nope. Absolutely not. And then and then a fifteen six decision on Sunday to to 
like I said, make it eight straight. I feel like I feel like the Hogs are kind of flying under the radar right now with with the what thirteen and two record and an eight game winning streak heading into you know the the week conference play starts. That's that's uh, right about where you want to be. Yeah, it was it was a great weekend. Um, you know, let's let's just go ahead and dive into it with Friday's game. Uh, Robert, you're gonna have to carry the load on this one because, you know, uh, going back to the whole basketball thing, I was having to cover the basketball game, and there was also a football practice on Friday. So we're at that time of the year where it's hard to to balance everything, and whereas like last year, the people who listened to this podcast, Robert and I were uh, able to focus solely on baseball because we didn't have as many responsibilities. Uh, now Robert still can do this. I can't. So as much as like, I, I can go back and read the box score and, you know, I can go back and watch the film. You were there. So talk through it, Robert. I was there. I forgot this was the, the non TV game in which you did not attend. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a, uh, it was a matter of, of scoring early and, just hanging on to the lead, which was really a refreshing change from the the past two games, right? Uh, they needed a comeback victory to beat Wright State last Sunday and, and another one to beat Army on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, a four spot in the second and and a fifth run in the in the third, and that was that was all they needed. It was it was a seven four decision. Um Jace Borfin, dude dude just rakes. That was the what fourth straight game or maybe it's the third straight game for him with a home run checking checking Jace i think it, was, it had to have been his third because he hit a home run on saturday and that yeah. was his fourth that's that's correct so it was it was his third straight uh that was a two-run shot to open the scoring parker roland with uh with his second home run of the year first right-handed home run of the year uh that went to dead central in the second as well um what else? What else? I don't know. I feel like they didn't really produce anything much uh, from from an offensive standpoint. You had an RBI fielder's choice, a sack fly, uh, and another sack fly. So the those two those two long balls in the second were the only run scoring hits. Um, Hagen Smith gets through five. That was a that was a development considering that he hadn't done that the past two outings. Pitch count struggled with it again, but you know, he got through five. He struck out seven. <laughs> this is this is a an ongoing joke that we have in the press box. But Hagen Smith, man, he loves to throw pitches. Seven strikeouts, four walks. He, yeah, he does love to throw pitches. He hit so he threw eighty six pitches in five innings, and Will McIntyre threw ninety seven in nine innings the next day. <laughs> so, I mean, the the duality of man. Yeah. Um. This is something that we need to talk about. Dylan Carter, um, just an incredible outing on Friday. Another example of Dylan Carter stepping up when you have a guy like Cody Frank, your best bullpen arm, go out for the year. Brady Tiger, uh, still out for it was five to six weeks. I guess what is it now, Robert? We're probably like four weeks out, right? Maybe he got hurt in the Illinois State game, which was March first. So. I guess I guess we're we're coming up on four weeks here, yeah. Yeah. So, um, for Dylan Carter to step up the way he has has been huge, but, and this is no knock on Dylan Carter, is he going to be able to get it done in SEC play? Because there's a big difference between 
you know, some of these midweek teams, uh, Wright State, Louisiana Tech, and, you know, you got Auburn coming to town next weekend. You know, not the same Auburn team that you remember from last year that made the College World Series, but SEC baseball is SEC baseball. And uh, and Dave Van Horn told us at the Squatters Club, man, these guys can hit. Um, so, you know that that's definitely going to be definitely going to be a step up in competition. And I mean the the volume that we've seen from Carter over the last what eight games, I think I think that appearance Friday marked four four appearances in six games. Uh, I mean the the guy giving you seven to nine outs, uh, you know, twice a week is is pretty remarkable. Um, like you said, we we will see if it if it carries over to uh, the league play. It would be obviously huge if if it does because you know they they, they got to have somebody eat up innings. Like Will, Will McIntyre is not going to be able to throw complete games every weekend, and uh, you know it, obviously you'd love to see Hagen and, and Hunter Holland go five like they did uh, this weekend, but you know stuff stuff's going to happen. So. I don't know. It, it's it's certainly encouraging to say the least to to see Dylan Carter pitch this way. Should we get used to it? You know, I I don't know yet. We'll see. Well, and that's the thing is like you know you talked about how he's been eating up innings. He's been doing good. Like he's been he's been performing at a high level, like a and and the almost elite level. Um, not as far as like you know he's going out and you know just blowing the ball by, past guys, striking dudes out left and right. But he's been getting outs. Like, that's all you need from these bullpen arms right now is for them to just go out, limit the mistakes, limit, you know, balls, you know, getting down. Like, the ball can get into play, but if they're getting the out, it doesn't matter. And that's what Dylan Carter has been doing. Right. I mean, he he didn't necessarily go nine up, nine down uh, on on Friday, but, you know, he gave up one hit. He erased it with a double play, so he faced the minimum. Yep. He, he struck out two, like you said. He's not blowing guys away, but – you know, he's, he's doing what he needs to do. And, and, you know, Cody Adcock came in in that game and he gave up a couple of runs and it, it was a six to four game at one point and it, it got close and Dylan Carter comes in and earns a freaking nine out save. Yep. That was, that was encouraging to see from Dylan Carter. I mean, it feels like every, every time he comes out, it's something that's more encouraging than the last time. So you're not only seeing him do well, but you're seeing him almost just get better every time he goes out, and that's that's what you need. So, uh, moving on to Saturday's game, Arkansas gets the win, six to one. The big news: Will McIntyre complete game. That one run was unearned, uh, so that's that's one thing to keep in mind. When you look at the box score, it's just so beautiful because you have Arkansas with their nine batters, Will McIntyre the one pitcher. And then you look at Louisiana Tech, they got like a bunch of pitch hitters. They threw four pitchers. And so it's just like you got Arkansas with this clean thing. And then Louisiana Tech, you know, it looks ugly. So Will McIntyre, man, 2023 Golden Spikes Award winner. We're back. We are all the way back with Will McIntyre winning the Golden Spikes. Anybody who questioned it, even myself on this podcast, was wrong to question it. Will McIntyre, if you will. Uh, back entire yes i mean i mean the 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 script the script was never going to fail us so you know shame shame on you if you questioned it um like you said what a what a what an aesthetically pleasing uh a box score here i'll I'll, I'll hold on my my scorebook on this one i don't know if you can see it very well but no i can't uh, see it because your camera's awful dude uh yeah it is that's okay but you know what bottom line is 
four base runners for Louisiana Tech. I mean, just oh, so many one, two, three innings for McIntyre. Six of them, if you want to count it. Single in the second, no problem. Couple of knocks with an error, scored a run in the fifth, but fortunately for the Hogs, they were up four nothing at the point, and they responded with a run in the bottom of the inning. Leadoff walk in the ninth, no problem. I mean, at that point he was at eighty two pitches, so he could he could afford to 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 throw you know four away on a walk. Three more outs, he he said he was thinking, and he and he got him. What what a performance! Yeah, when 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 uh was it you who asked like what was going through his mind? Yeah, going out into the ninth, and he was like three more outs, and it was like yeah, okay, what else was going through your head? That was what was going through everybody's head. But you're the guy on the mound with all the pressure. Maybe a little. What else is going through your head? I was I was really hoping for some more substance in that answer, but you know yeah. I had to had to use what was given in my story anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, that and that's fair enough. Um, first. No hit or not no hitter. Sorry, first complete game uh, that was at least nine innings for an Arkansas pitcher since Dominic Tacolini did it in 2016. He threw a, a complete ten inning shutout against Kentucky on April 22nd, 2016, to earn SEC Co Pitcher of the Week. Which is just, I mean, you throw a ten inning complete game like come on now. Um, but that was very very on brand for the SEC. Yeah. So McIntyre did it in 97 pitches. Um, you know, he gets his ERA down. He's he's I mean, the the way that he's bounced back from giving up five earned runs on nine hits in his first two innings pitched, which came across two outings, uh, to where he's at now, where he's got a, a three four eight ERA. Uh, you know, I think he's got back to back or no, he's got three starts, three wins in, in his last three. Um it's it's great to see from Will McIntyre. Not only did he go nine innings, uh, only throw nine, 97 pitches, but he preserved the Arkansas bullpen, which we know has is not only lost two of their top arms, but they've also been struggling a lot. You know, it's not like you just lost your two best arms, but you still got pieces. Like, we talked about Dylan Carter, but it's like outside of Dylan Carter, really, everybody has struggled, you know? And so for McIntyre to preserve the bullpen is good, but does it worry you that, you know, because he went the the full nine, I mean, maybe some guys didn't get the chance to get work. I think specifically of a guy like Zach Morris that maybe you wanted to see Zach Morris at least get out and throw this weekend. You know, you still got a couple of midweek games against UNLV, but I don't know. Like, you, you don't want to complain about a complete game at all. Like, that's incredible, you know, great for Will McIntyre. But it does, you know, bring up the situation of, you didn't get to throw maybe some of the arms you wanted to. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have an issue um, with with that necessarily. Um, I, I think Zach Morris was up on Friday, uh, right before right before the ninth inning. Um, we're thinking maybe maybe Dylan Carter. You didn't want to stretch him out so that maybe you could throw him on Sunday. Because um, I mean, he he did log three innings on two different occasions last week. Uh, that 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 one against Army as well. Um, I think, I think, especially with a five game week coming up, uh, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday against UNLV, that's, that's, you know, one of those games has Zach Morris written all over it. Um, I think of course you want to, you want to see him as much as possible. Um, probably give him as, as many chances to get right as possible. Um, but 
you know, I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's, you know, super concerning. Um, I, I, it was interesting and we can dive into this more when we talk about Sunday's game, but to go with, uh, Gage Wood and for his first outing in, in a while and, and Christian Fouch for his first collegiate outing period, um, turning to the freshman in, uh, in a, in a low leverage situation, uh, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, before, before we completely move on to Sunday, just want to mention we, we hit it when you were talking about Borfin earlier, but he did have his fourth homer in four games on Saturday. He's just performing at an incredible level right now. This is the Jace Borfin that Robert, you were telling that tale of the Padre scout that you talked to at, at the, at the fall in, in a fall scrimmage. And, you know, I heard that from you and I didn't watch Jace Borfin play that fall. But I, I kept hearing that story from you, and I was like, I don't – can he play? Like, is this the guy that you're talking about? And now I'm seeing it of, like – I mean, first-round potential, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's hitting probably easily over 400 at this point. I mean, you know, you – let's see. Can I – let me let me pull up his uh, – his the rest of his slash line here. Um, but, yeah, it's funny. That that day that I talked to that Padre scout, he, he wasn't playing particularly well. I mean, I think he had a hit maybe two – um, but you know, he, not like, not, not a home run and certainly not, uh, four, four straight games with one. Let's see here. Jace Borfin, he's hitting 447. If my numbers are right, his OBP is 578. His slugging percentage is 872. That gives him an OPS of 1450. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, no, your stats are right. He's also got 15 RBI, five homers, five doubles. 21 total hits. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, he, he didn't go deep on, on Sunday, but he, he had a, he had a big two out two run knock in the, in the seventh to, you know, put the game out of reach. Like he, he just delivers in pretty much any situation. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at the team stats right now. This Arkansas team has not struck out that much. Well, and that was that was one of the biggest developments of the weekend. If if you go to the 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 Louisiana Tech tab on our spreadsheet, I mean, there were if it'll load significantly more walks to strikeouts this weekend in particular, and uh, and and Dave Van Horn mentioned as much on on Sunday. Uh, let's see here, we got twenty four walks to fourteen strikeouts this weekend alone. Wow, that like. If if you keep that number anywhere close to even, uh, you know strikeouts can can be ahead of walks by a little bit. That's that's still a really good ratio. But for it to be ten more walks than strikeouts, uh, over over a three game stretch, that is that is absolutely remarkable. What a what a display of patience by this Razorback lineup. Yeah, there's um. Let's see, one, two, three, three starters, Jared Wagner, Tavian Josenberger, and Kendall Diggs. Wagner, sorry. Jared Wagner, Tavian Josenberger, and Kendall Diggs. They all have more walks than strikeouts this year. Borfin has 11 walks, 11 strikeouts. Caleb Cowley's really, really ruining this right now because he's got seven walks and 14 strikeouts. So if if it weren't for Arlington <laughs> yeah if Caleb Cowley just didn't make the trip to Arlington Arkansas might they let's see he had how many how many strikeouts did he have seven or eight 
in Arlington? I'm pretty sure he was 0 for 8 with seven strikeouts. Let me see if I can check it. It's not a big deal because they, they, they have, as a team, they have 89 walks compared to 99 strikeouts this year. So that would still make it more strikeouts than walks. But it, it is, they are showing, you know, great patience at the plate. Um, we, we've talked about Jace Borf, and one of the big things with him is he's just seeing pitches so well. Like he's being so disciplined at the plate, and that's leading to him um, having a ton of success. Is that going to translate to the SEC? That's to be determined. But you know, you can only you can only perform against the competition that's in front of you, and he's been doing that. Right. I mean, if if you take a a four, what did I say, four forty seven average or something ridiculous like that, four forty seven. If if you take that average into into league play, I mean, you know it. It's gonna be tough for that to stand, but you know, if I, I would be stunned if he didn't finish the season above three hundred, you know. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Sunday's game. So Arkansas gets the win fifteen to six. Uh you know, Hunter Holland, he got through the first inning and we were like, Okay, has he figured it out for the first time since he was twelve years old? Has he figured this out? Has the great first inning and then in the second inning, he hits three batters and gives up three runs. So that was tough to see. It was tough to see. And yet, you know, there was really never any doubt that that, that this Arkansas lineup would, would score the runs necessary to win the game. Yeah, no, they they just put a casual nine spot on them in the bottom of the fourth. Um, and that, I mean, how many pitchers did, did Louisiana Tech throw in that inning alone? I think it was three, right? Three of them. They they had their they had their starter. Uh he got he actually got two outs. Um but uh things things went south in a hurry. I mean nine straight Razorbacks reached base. Um Kendall Diggs with a with a two run shot to to go ahead there. That mm-hmm. was his second home run in two games, third and four, I believe. Uh so Kendall's seeing the ball pretty well too. We haven't even mentioned him. Um and then Landon Wagner, Tompkins, Jared Wagner had a two-run home run in that. In Wagner the- did that is that is correct. He tied the game. That was his team leading seventh shot. Correct. Um, and then so, what's the score? Five to three, and Louisiana Tech turns to Landon Tompkins, who enters the enters the game with a .71 ERA, and he proceeds to throw twenty of his twenty-three pitches for balls, and three runs score on walks. That's tough. Um, speaking of Landon Tompkins, that guy screwed me because I was writing my my uh, basketball story, like prepping uh, my, hey, this is the, the team that Arkansas drew in the NCAA tournament. And I was doing like going through, picking out the teams that were most likely to happen. As I was writing the Illinois one, uh, I was writing about Illinois head coach Brad Underwood, and I wrote Brad Tompkins, and I didn't realize it until like an hour after publishing the story. Oh no! So thanks, thanks for nothing, Landon Tompkins. Not only did you suck, but you ruined my freaking story, dude. <laughs> that was this is why we shouldn't try to multitask. Yeah, well, normally that doesn't happen, but I guess they were making the pitching change of bringing Tompkins in when I was writing that, and that's that's how it happened. So, but yeah, no su- Sunday's game. That I mean the nine. After they put up nine in the in the bottom of the fourth, they were up ten to three. And I mean at that, you know, or bottom of the third, excuse me. I think I said bottom of the fourth earlier too. Um, but it was the bottom, bottom of the third. third. <laughs> excuse me. 
Uh, they also scored seven in the bottom of, or four in the bottom of the seventh. Goodness gracious. Um, so, yeah, no, our, I think after the third inning, there was no question. You saw Hunter Holland, you know, pitch with more confidence once he gets some run support. Um, and then, you know, they bring in Cody Adcock. It's the Cody Adcock experience, right? That's that's what I, I don't I think that with Cody Adcock, you just need a pencil in that he's going to give up a home run. Right. Yeah, I I think I think that's fair. Although I will I will say in his defense, and this is not something that I caught as it happened, but Dave Van Horn mentioned as somebody who's standing in the first base dugout looking down the left field line, the home run he gave up on on Sunday, apparently it started well foul and then blew about twenty five feet fair to become a home run. So wow. Dave Van Horn was was very pleased with the way that Adcock threw the ball in his second appearance of the weekend is just you know, a case of the wind there. At, I will say Adcock was locating the ball really well. Like he was, he was just painting it on the outside corner. Um, You know, he, he, his velocity was there. His off speed was working for the most part. Like he was, he was locating pretty well. The home run he did give up. If I, if I'm, if I'm correct, I think it was 326 feet. So it's like, I mean, the dude just barely squeaked it into the left field bullpen, and that's, you know, it's just an unfortunate turn of events, especially if it's, like you said, and like David Horn said, the wind blowing it back in. Right. By no means was it a monster shot, but, I mean, you know, tip your cap to Carson Evans. That was the second time in his first three games in college that he took Cody Adcock deep. So, um, you know, good for him. But also, you know, I don't, I don't think he ever should have been up because that was that was following that, that fielding error on Peyton Stovall. Uh, which you know, the the scoring rules say you can't assume a double play, but that was a four six three double play ball if I've ever seen one. They should have been out of, out of the inning there, and then he did end up getting a four six three double play to to end his next inning of work. So, you know, we talk about Cody Adcock how he's good for like two batters, right? But uh, that it, it was at least encouraging to see him bounce back from that three spot there in the sixth work a scoreless seventh and turn the ball over to somebody else. Yeah, another, that's another one of the storylines you you, you kind of hit on it there is that Peyton Holt got a, a couple of starts this weekend. You know, I thought he looked good. I thought he hit the ball, you know, pretty well, had the home run on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, to be the guy that is supposed to be the better defensive player over at third compared to Caleb Cowley, um, I mean, he, he made some errors, you know. He made some mistakes at third. So, uh, do you think that's a competition there? Because it's it seems like we asked Dave Van Horn, and he was like, "Caleb Cowley's fine." Yeah, I really don't know what to make of that. Um, I mean, I was I was talking about Peyton Stovall's error, but Peyton Holt did have an error that did turn into the only run Will McIntyre gave up. Um, but I also think you know Holt made some decent plays, and you know we saw him. I don't know when it was. Was it Wednesday? or whatever the midweek game was, uh, he, he made a pretty remarkable play to, to, to end the game, I think, or end an inning. I don't know. I He also had the play on Saturday where um, he just, like, threw a laser from third over to first. And I, it was a, it was close. Like, I don't, I don't know. The guy could have been safe. But, I mean, it was just too good of a play to be like, nah, you didn't get him, you know? Yeah. Also, I'm sorry for not listening when you were talking about Peyton Stovall. All I heard was Peyton and that. Mix um, up your Peyton infielders, you terrible host, you. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, I, I, like you said, I think he swung the bat really well. Like you said, the home run on Saturday, he had a triple that was 
you know, a, a few inches shy of a home run on, on Sunday. And, you know, he hit like back-to-back foul balls, foul balls to the, uh, to the porch up there in, in right field. Right. That was Holt, right? Uh, That was Holt. Yes. Cause that, that was at the point on Sunday where they had figured out the wind, kind of like you were talking about, um, that that home run from Louisiana Tech off Cody Adcock. Like, they had figured out the win, and they're like, we're just going to, you know, hit the ball to right field every time. And right. that's what Peyton Holden did on those back-to-back foul balls. Maybe if there's not win, those are home runs, you know. Yeah, I mean, he had three home run swings in one at bat. So, yeah. Yeah, I the mean, dude, he's... the dude can swing it. I, I don't know if you've seen Peyton Holt. I don't know how tall he is off the top of my head, but he is just, like, jacked. He's just, I mean, he's just, he is very much in shape. And this is another example of me being kind of weird. Like when I talked about Sean Fitzpatrick that one time, uh, <laughs> pain hole is 5'10", 205. I mean, the dude's got forearms that are just ginormous and um, he's, he can hit the ball. Greenwood's finest. Greenwood boys. Greenwood's finest. We, we went through a, the list of, people from Greenwood in the press box on was it Saturday or Sunday? One of those two. I think it was Saturday. Yeah. So um all right. Uh we need to talk about these freshman pitchers. Gage Wood brought the wood three strikeouts in his one inning. Gage Wood, man, that's the Gage Wood that Dave Ain Horn is talking about. If we can get that Gage Wood. And uh you know he looked good, gave up one hit, but had the three strikeouts and then Christian Fouch with the splitter. Did you know Christian Fouch throws a splitter, Robert? <laughs> I I have known since I have known about Christian Fouch that the guy throws a splitter. Nobody can stop talking about it. <laughs> Dude, somebody commented on the board uh, when when Christian Fouch was p- pitching. They were like, Bubba Carpenter just said he's throwing a good splitter. I was like, come on now. <laughs> well, welcome to the conversation. Um, But, hey, Fouch, uh, we didn't know this. Dude was pumping like 94, 95 on the fastball. So, I mean, that's back-to-back innings of freshmen who can, you know, sit in that 94 to 95 mile an hour range. That's it. very encouraging. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I mean, you know, if you're a two-pitch guy like like uh, Christian Fouch, you better have some velo on that fastball if if you've only got one other offering. So that's uh, that's definitely good to see. You know, Dave Van Horn talks about it all the time. It, it's nice to to have these freshmen actually start an inning, even if it is, you know, a eight, nine run game. Um, it, it I feel like the, the first couple weeks of the season and, and, you know, maybe I'm thinking about the TCU game in, in particular, like you you throw these guys out there in the middle of an inning, you know, sometimes base is loaded and it's it's a lot for them to to try to work through. But give them a clean slate to start things off. And, you know, both of them showed showed us some really encouraging things on Sunday. This this might this might not be anything at all, but how much do you think that TCU game inflated Arkansas's bullpen ERA that people have talked about so much? And I I don't I don't I, I know that they've struggled at other times, but that was just like a really crappy game. And they threw a lot of arms in that game too. Yeah, I mean they they needed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight relief arms to throw what seven and two thirds innings, and they gave up fourteen earned runs. That 
I mean that that's naturally going to inflate your your bullpen ERA. I that's that's maybe a, a calculation that I will do and return with on the next episode. Yeah, because I mean I'm looking at it right now. Cooper Dossett, uh, he's charged with four earned runs, and then if you look at the if you look at his ERA, it's twenty one point six, and he's only thrown an inning since that TCU game. And he right. threw he threw he's thrown two thirds of one and two thirds of an inning this year, um, and he threw two thirds against TCU. Uh, Dylan Carter, let's see, he gave up three runs, so that one doesn't really count because he's fixed it. Austin time. Ledbetter had an eighty one ERA after that game. Yeah, Parker Coyle gave up two earned. Um, has he 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 helped himself with the start last week, but he's still got a six point seven five ERA. Faherty with the forty point five, and he. I don't even know if Faraday's going to throw again this year because we don't even know what his injury is. Yeah. So that's that's definitely not going to help. Um. Anyways. Um. Weekend MVPs. Let's get to it, Robert. Who is your weekend MVP at the plate? At the plate. Let's see. Quick scan of the of the numbers here on the spreadsheet. I'm going to go Jace with, Borfin. Yeah, I was I was going to go <laughs> with the guy with the highest OPS, and that's Jace Borfin. So. If if you want him, you got him. Go ahead. Well, I I knew that you were gonna pick him, so I wanted. As soon as I heard that you were about to pull the trigger, I wanted to sneak in there and get him. So, Jace right, Borfin right. is my my MVP at the plate. He had five hits and eleven at bats, five RBI on the weekend, a pair of home runs, walked twice, struck out just one time, was hit by a pitch, and uh, he had the highest OPS of the weekend, as you mentioned. So, um, Jace Borfin is Jace Borf him. Jace Bor of him. That's that is for sure. Um, how about the how about the guy with the second highest OPS on the team? Let's go with Kendall Diggs. Diggs. Kendall Diggs. <laughs> Diggs. Kendall Diggs two two for three with a couple of infield singles on uh what is this Friday? Drove in a couple of runs without uh without getting a hit. He also drew a walk, so good for him. Like I mentioned, back to back home runs Saturday and Sunday. Um, he's up to six home runs on the season. He's he's very quietly in second place on that in that department. So, uh, Kendall Diggs, weekend MVP. Congrats, buddy. Second on the team in home runs. Uh, MVP on the mound. I'm gonna go Christian Fouch. I'm oh, just, uh, I was I'm just kidding. Will McIntyre. Will McIntyre. <laughs> let's let's just share Will McIntyre and call it a day. There's not much else to talk about. Yeah, that it would be unfair. I think that he deserves 100 of the spotlight. The complete game on Saturday. What do you have? Six strikeouts. Uh, yeah. Six strikeouts. One walk. Gave up the one run. It was unearned. Only three hits. I mean, what'd you say? Six. One, two, three innings. Mm-hmm. First complete game by an Arkansas pitcher that went at least nine innings since 2016. I mean, he was dealing. Uh, Dave Van Horn told us that it was after, uh, after the third that they knew that he might be able to go to the distance. And then Will told us that it was after the seventh that he was like, after I had a quick seventh, I kind of knew. So also I, I kind of like worked my story about Will McIntyre's complete game around this. Dave Van Horn seemed to have a feeling before the game because he told the defense. Like it, McIntyre wasn't part of it. He was talking to the team, um, the fielders, and he was like, hey, he's going he's gonna to pound some strikes in there, be ready to play some defense. So it seemed like he kind of had an idea that, hey, McIntyre might have a good day. I don't know if he 
felt like a complete game, but it was big. Right. And, and you know, what was the most impressive thing to me is that the third time through the order, he went nine up, nine down six innings, six through eight. Like that's, that's just an incredible that, that he's able to do that at that point in the outing. And you talk about value in, in the word MVP. Uh, I mean, saving the bullpen that day, just, just, you know, it's huge. It is huge. It is huge. All right, that's going to wrap us up. We'll talk to everybody on Friday. Before then, um, Arkansas UNLV, Tuesday, Wednesday, the Tuesday game, 6 p.m. on the SEC Network Plus, Wednesday, 3 p.m. on SEC Network Plus. It's going to be a fight, according to Dave Van Horn. He's been worried about this UNLV team. So make sure you get out to Ballmwalker Stadium. Tell your friends about the Diamond Hogs podcast. Visit hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G. B-E-A-T.com. And we will talk to everybody on Friday. You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DRStew32.